Alrighty, so the first topic we're going to jump into today is a question that we're getting a lot more often lately, which is what can I change in my secondary residence? So in the ACT is what we're going to focus on really today um, because in New South Wales, it's very different in Victoria and Queensland. It's very different to ACT. So we're going to mainly focus on ACT. And then if you have any other questions about different states, just let us know and we can uh, do another podcast on a particular other state. So really, what can you change in ACT uh, for your secondary residence? Well, you have to kind of think of different options, like different uh I guess, rules and regulations behind what you can change and what you can't change. So the reason that we have standardized plans is because they're all signed off by a disability architect, because that way uh, it just helps us with the approval process and we don't need to make it disability compliant on every new design that we create, because it's also quite difficult to do so. Uh, Really with the disability stuff, that's probably more your... Mm. um, you with, know, expertise. <laughs> with the uh, disability issue, it either is uh, constructed straight up as uh, disability compliant, which means then that um, bathrooms, like kitchen, grab rails, laundry, yeah. uh, zero thresholds, everything's done during at the act of build right up front. What we currently build is not disability compliant because we make it so that it has a minimal cost to be able to alter it uh, by the fact that we've already made wider doors, we've already got a bathroom size that's compliant, all of the um, uh, the items in the bathroom are able to be uh, either modified or changed slightly to be able to make it so it is fully compliant for someone in a wheelchair. So that also includes the things like the kitchen, we have uh, special pull-out shelves um, and just other compliance issues that we just make sure that um, it can easily be altered so that it is disability. But that's actually a requirement through the ACT government is that it has to uh, comply um, with minimal changes to make it fully compliant, fully accessible for disability use. Mm. Uh, if you don't do that, then it's likely that it won't be approved as a secondary residence. It doesn't comply with the secondary residence policy in the mm. ACT. So, But as far as what you're thinking of, if you're thinking about any modifications, the most common questions we get asked are about the walls. They want to be able to change the walls, say, why is the bedroom so big? Can we make my living room bigger uh, is one. And that's an issue because that's expensive to move to make it compliant for disability in the future. So no, that walls don't or can't necessarily be uh, altered for one bedroom, which is fully compliant for disability in the future. The other bedroom, yes, we can move walls. Um, So ultimately what I think how Rob kind of explained it to me when I was learning about all of this is that one room everywhere in your house, you need to be able to go and do 360s in a wheelchair. So in the laundry, in the kitchen, in any hallway, getting to a bathroom, at least you need to get to one bathroom uh, and one bedroom. So anywhere where you're going to live in, where you could be potentially in a wheelchair, you need to make that, I guess, you know, the fun experience of doing a 360 in a wheelchair around a king size bed. Uh, and that is the size of your bedroom. So no wardrobes can be in the way of that. And it just makes it a little bit easier for, for my brain to, to comprehend. <laughs> it has to be able to accommodate furniture. 
So mm. when we say uh, doing a 360 or um, a donut <laughs> in, in, in a bedroom, it means that it has to be able to be done while there is a, uh, a bed in that room. And so that's something that uh, a lot of people think, well, the room's big enough to do a 360, yeah, but it's got to be around the furniture, mm. not uh, instead of furniture. And so, if a room was, you're like, okay, I could do it with a, a single bed, well, the government's call then was like, well, what if you put a big room and a big bed in that room and then it's non-compliant? So they like to look at it from the worst case scenario with a king size bed, uh, can somewhere in, in a wheelchair get around the bed? So ultimately, the disability is something you really have to think about and realise that we actually have a bit of a tough job when you're asking for lots of changes or lots of uh, details of moving and changing the plans around because this is a huge factor that we need to consider that is it going to actually get approved if we're moving stuff around? Hmm. So the other question often asked is, um, can I make it bigger? Uh, our current two bedroom, two bathroom pod is at the maximum size of 90 square metres or must be slightly under. I think it's 89.99 metres squared. So for that reason, we cannot extend it. But if you need a much bigger room, you can have a one bedroom, 90 square metre pod. Yeah. And we just take a wall out and make the extra four metre bedroom part of the living space, which we have done recently. We have. Uh, also, you could look at getting it approved not as a secondary residence. You could look at it at um, potentially not having a kitchen and it's classified as an extension to the, the main residence, even though it's detached, or a dual occupancy if your block allows for it. So it's best to go to council, find out what you're allowed to do. Also talk to a drafts person, find out how big and the code compliant issues that you're going to have to uh, comply with and all the regulations to make sure and see what you can actually do on your block because every block is completely different. Other things that we can always add items into a pod. We can have an island bench. Mm -hmm. We can have a drop down bed off a wall. We can uh, have extra electronic devices. It could be a completely self automated run by your phone type of systems. We can add solar, we can do uh, any kind of high-tech inclusion. Uh, Envirocycle, fire protected. Yes, all those sorts of things can be something that can be included uh, as variations to our standard costs. So, of course, everything costs and so <laughs> we have to include that if that's what you want. So uh, things of like things that you can change, like fixtures and fittings. Obviously, we have our standard range to make it just easier for people. Got a uh, essentially a chrome range and a black range uh, that people can choose from. Otherwise, the kitchen usually. What's your favourite saying? You got three choices of colour in the kitchen: white, white, or white. <laughs> so we've got like a, a white stone, and then white. Um, I think it's like gloss. Um, Cabinetry. Gloss cabinetry. With a white splashback tile. But, you know, we've had a couple of clients recently want to change that to a grey uh, kitchen or a timber look kitchen and same to match their vanity, which they want then a wall hanging vanity. So things like this, as much as we don't really enjoy changes in it because it, it elongates the whole process, obviously if it's for an investment or something, you just, you get our sanded and it makes it easier. But if it's something that a lot of people, this is their last home that they're going to live in you want to personalize it you want to personalize it and exactly so a lot of things like that in the inside and aesthetically we can change pretty much whatever you like 
uh, and it just can delay a bit of the approval process, but we can change yeah, flooring, colors, type of lighting we can add. As Rob said, you can make it completely uh, usable and operated from your tablet. So things like that, definitely every materials used, we can render the whole thing, we can color bond the whole thing. Uh, a lot of the structure elements we can't really change, um, but it gives you ideas of, of what you can change and kind of what is a struggle to change. <laughs> Sometimes we can add additional windows. Yes. Sometimes we can add uh, extra heated flooring sections because at the moment we have a heated bathroom floor, but that doesn't stop us from having a heated uh, floor in kitchen the and living, living area or kitchen area. So mm. that's, that is also possible. Um, the We might even need main... for um, windows, if you don't mind me interrupting, for because um, we need to get a full energy assessor to uh, assess every single build and we need to obviously comply with current standards which is a minimum of six star rating so we might if your um, secondary residence is facing in a really peculiar spot and it's not facing north or the windows are not facing north then ultimately you might have to put a, a north window and easterly window so these are things we might actually have to change because of the location of it on your particular block hmm. so one other thing I was thinking about that uh, we have done many changes and we have variations in the office, mm. uh, which allow for uh, options of floating floor. Um, uh, what's the other one? Hybrid. Hybrid composite floor and carpet, uh, tile. So we don't mind those sorts of alterations and changes around with what you want in the bedroom, what you want in the living spaces. Mm. And that's something that you can, uh, again, personalise. Uh, again, we do LED downlights. Mm. Uh, we haven't had any requests to do anything other than that at this stage, but some people have added uh, pendant lights. Pendant lights. I was just about it to could say be that. Over the top of a, a dining table, or it could be on, a, on the island benches and things mm. like that. And so those sorts of things uh, are not a problem for us to be able to add. Uh, things like uh, just getting USB PowerPoints. Uh, things like little things like that we're happy to, to uh, add to those sorts of things as well so if you've got very specific needs we're happy to consider yes and so ultimately what you can and can't change uh, what this this whole I guess question came about um, but it also came about because it's it's a design aspect for for us because obviously Rob has had an architecture business for 38, almost 40 years and um, multiple architects working for Rob and it became a part of what is good design as well. If you start changing things and manipulating things, uh, the, the space, the feeling, the vibe, the feng shui of the whole building will change. So even if you were going to put like a, a normal, is it gable roof uh, on it instead of a flat roof, you might not have a, a pitched roof or all of these slight changes that you think are slight changes end up dramatically changing the whole design and the feng shui and the vibe and the feeling of that uh, build type. So you really want to look at and make sure that you've seen what you're getting because if you start changing things and then you start to see it being built, it can be very different to what you've initially seen. So you just want to be careful with what you change. Yep. And for minimal extra cost, if there's any variation that you need to see in 3D, for example, 
we do have that ability as well. Exactly. So that we can show you what it will look like in a sketch drawing on a computer and we can rotate it, turn it around and so you can get a pretty good idea of what your change or input would look like. Exactly. And most companies should be able to do that. And you want to make sure that you know exactly what you're getting and you see it and you love it before you buy it. <laughs> All right, great. Well, we're going to leave you there. We won't uh, go on too much, but if you have any other questions or any further information on what you want to know about what you can change, maybe some of the rules and regulations, any accessibility questions, we're more than happy to help out. And um, we look forward to hearing your questions. Okay. Thank you.